Hey guys, if you enjoy this episode, please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. It's no secret that Hollywood has a way of killing off its entertainers. Those who survive only do so by tumbling down a never-ending gorge of vanity and self-image paranoia. A few months before Brittany Murphy succumbed to this Hollywood death trap, she told a reporter, Everybody has difficult years. But a lot of times, the difficult years end up being the greatest years of your whole entire life, if you survive them. As you may know, the 32-year-old's grim prophecy played out on that chilly December morning in the Hollywood Hills. And like most victims, Brittany became more accepted in her death than that of her life. The more I researched Brittany's case files, the more respect I gained for her. A self-made actress who could cast a smile upon anybody she encountered. Although extremely talented, it's clear to me that she did not belong in Hollywood. Hollywood. Her altruistic character didn't fit that self-appreciating mold, and her fragility did nothing more than invite the leeches that would eventually suck her dry. Furthermore, I started to wonder if Britney wasn't a Hollywood statistic, but a victim of cold-blooded murder. The more I poured through clippings detailing her death, the more I started to suspect that it was wasn't Hollywood that slaughtered her, but someone else, someone she trusted. So listeners out there, what do you think? Was Brittany Murphy's death accidental? Like the LA medical examiner Ed Winter had had us to believe. Or was she murdered in the simplest form only to cover up a terrorist harboring scheme intricately constructed by the United States Homeland Security working with Al-Qaeda and smuggling in Taliban fighters through Hollywood underground channels after the 9-11 attacks? So John today went to get his hair cut with me because, you know, she was able to take us both at the same time while my hair was setting. Mm -hmm. And so she cut John's hair. She did a great job. She had to fix up a little bit what I did. And then, (laughs) John, why don't you tell me what what you thought was a little bit different? I mean, granted, I have a female hairstylist versus like a male barber. It's not to tell. He just gets a little close sometimes. He's this older guy. I think he's, I think we figured out he's 75 and he just kind of pushes up on you and puts his hand on your shoulder and talks in your ear. And it's not weird. I mean, (laughs) you could feel like his bulge and that's kind of weird, but it's not like really weird because he's an old guy. It's not, and he does it to everyone, all the guys. He does it to all the guys in there. So it's not just a sexual thing. That doesn't mean it's not a sexual thing. It just means it's that not, he doesn't. He's got a wife. Doesn't matter. Again, doesn't he just stands anything. right up to you and just talks in your ear. But he's a hair. He's a hair cutter. Nope. He's checking your bangs and stuff. You know. Nope. I mean, the fact that he's old also doesn't matter. I mean, think about all the Catholic priests or like you know, there's there's no age for people to do wrong things. It's not weird. The haircuts do take quite a while though. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise shots. Surprise shots. 
We don't know what they are, cause they're a surprise. And that was featuring my new talk murder to me bongos. They're so beautiful. They really are. And I was I went to go pick them up just now and I was like, wow, these are so heavy. I could probably like get a they're an legit. arm workout. Yeah. Like, do this. some crunches. I'm gonna do some curls with them. Also, news update going on day ten of not drinking for me, which honestly has not been that much of a challenge. That's good. So we'll see. We'll see what happens after the wedding. Who am I kidding? I mean, like I'm dying for a beer, but well, give me a shot. Come on, Nicole, let's take a shot. Oh wow, so good, delicious. What is that? Butterscotch whiskey? Schnapps. Butterscotch schnapps. Schnapps. That's what like really good. That? I could drink I that know. straight. I think it's a German or an Austrian thing. Schnapps. Right above nine seven. What's the address of the emergency? 2009. And let me tell you a little bit about the house, and maybe you can guess whose daughter she was talking about. Because did you hear her say, someone is passed out? And then they're like, what? Some My, my daughter is passed out and not breathing. Yeah, her daughter. Her daughter, yeah. Who's, Who is 30. Well, she's actually 32. <laughs> okay. Or she was 32 when that 911 call came in. And that was December 20th, 2009. This is the home I'm showing you right now where that 911 call came from. Nicole, since you're like the home expert of valuations, will you please tell me how much you think that this home is worth? 
in 2009. Holy. Whoa. Where is it? Where's it located? It's located in the Hollywood Hills. Oh. So before we get started with tonight's Wait, episode. I want to make a guess. Before we really get going in tonight's episode, this is not a request, but it kind of is. It's a request from the little man inside my head that said, <laughs> you know what? I just want you to do the gossipy, dirtiest Hollywood story you can find. Sleazy. I want to bring all these sleazy details. And all the sources we're going to be reading from tonight is like my dream come true. TMZ.com. E Hollywood Online, The Hollywood Reporter. These are where our sources are coming from tonight. Is this Anna Nicole Smith? No, it is not. Is it Brittany Murphy? <gasps> That's what I was going to say, maybe. There have been two people that have died in this home. It currently values at $18.4 million, and it is oh. the former home of Miss Britney Spears. Oh. Which is probably why Hit people me, died baby, in it. baby, one more time. All her craziness filtrated the walls and shit. That was before no, this after is like she the, shaved her head. This is the shaved head home. It, she Leave didn't do it at home. Alone. She's not well right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Leave her alone. 8 a.m. Los Angeles, California. Simon Monjack calls 911. That's the husband. She is taking to Cedars Sinai Medical Center and pronounced dead on arrival. Time of death officially 10.05 a.m. The house that she died in used to belong to Britney Spears. She actually died in her own bathroom in the morning. She wakes up. She tells her family, which includes her mom and her husband, that she's not feeling well. And then 30 minutes later, she is unconscious on the bathroom floor. The mom and the husband put her in the tub, try to put water on her to get her to come back. She vomits a bunch. Then. That's when they call 911, and then you hear them doing chest compressions. That wasn't the full 911 call, and I'm putting that on talkmer.com. The full 911 call obviously has the chest compressions and everything, like, you know, to 100 and stuff like that. So if you want to hear the full 911 call, be sure to go to talkmer.com. She complains of stomach pains, and right before the 911 call, her mom says that she said, quote, Mommy, I can't catch my breath. All right, Nicole, if you can read this, this is from the Hollywood Reporter from the editor Alex Ben Block, which that guy's name's going to pop up a few times because he was really influential in writing about this case on his website. At about 3 a.m. on Brittany's final morning, power returned to the Hollywood Hills after a 45 minute blackout. Brittany woke and made her way to the little balcony off the cluttered bedroom. At his wife's request, Simon phoned upstairs to Sharon and said Brittany needed her. Sharon came down carrying Clara, named after Brittany's favorite old-time star, Clara Bow, another one-time Hollywood it girl. What Sharon saw frightened her. She was lying on the patio trying to catch her breath, Sharon recalled. I said, baby, get up. She said, mommy, I can't catch my breath. Help me, help me. Simon recalled, she said to her mom, I'm dying. I'm going to die, Mommy. I love you. All right. Brittany Murphy was 32 years old when she died. She was born November 10th, 1977 in Atlanta, Georgia. Her father was actually into organized crime, and he doesn't hmm. stay in the picture. He stays down in Georgia, and Brittany 
actually moves to New York and then California, which we'll go into. So tell me right now everything you know about Brittany Murphy, because I know you want to. Clueless. Oh, yeah. Also, the movie with Ashton Kutcher. They were dating for a while. The the bo- My Boss's Daughter? No, one? that's Tara Reid. Oh. This oh, is yeah. um, the, the one where they're yeah. and they get just stuck married? in the... Yeah, just, just married. married. That's yeah, what I thought. Of, yeah. She was also in Eight Mile and Don't Say a Word. But did y'all know that she was actually, when she was a teenager, in one of my favorite shows growing up? Is not Saved by the Bell. It's no, one no. of my big high school crush. She has a weird name. Starts with a T. Boy Meets World. And ends with orangutan. Yeah, there you go. Topanga. Topanga, yeah. But that's not Topanga. No, it's not Topanga. She, I was trying to tell you what show she was in. Well, what part did she play? Topanga's my best friend. She's always my partner. You know, there are so few people who get me. Really now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could call her at like three in the morning and not say one single thing. Yet somehow, she knows it's me. <laughs> Go figure. All right, so I'll, I'll put that clip on uh, talkmore.com. That's a... Um, that's her on Boy Meets World. A lot of people don't know she was on that show, and she was only on that one episode. Oh. Obviously, she got really famous after the movie Clueless, which I've never seen, but it does have a young Paul Rudd in it. Mm-hmm. And it also has... Alicia Silverstone? Uh-huh. Is that who you're thinking? No, I was thinking of David Faison. The guy from Scrubs? Yeah. You guys want to take a guess how Brittany Murphy died before I tell you? Drug overdose. That's what it was ruled, anyway. Mm-hmm. The official, and we're going to go over the autopsies here in a minute, but the official cause of death was pneumonia. Oh. Hmm. Did she actually have pneumonia? There is a lot of speculation, as you'll see, that Brittany Murphy's death was not accidental, like the autopsy report says. But first, before we go into any conspiracies... I wouldn't say accidental if it was pneumonia. Like That's weird. Right off the bat. Before we go any further with any conspiracies or anything, or any of the backgrounds of any of the people involved, let's take a look at the official autopsy report. Right off the bat, you see the opinion of the coroner. It says community-acquired... Pneumonia. Okay. And then what does the subline says down here? Iron deficiency, anemia, multiple multiple drug intoxication. The official reports say she died of pneumonia, mm-hmm. a low iron deficiency, and an interaction of different prescribed medications. Not like cocaine or anything like that. It wasn't, she wasn't doing eight balls or anything like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, she came out to the media, even though everyone thought she was heavily on drugs. She came out before she died, obviously, and said that she has never done coke in her life. Hmm. She doesn't drink. She looked bad. Do, do, you, do you remember? I always get her and Nicole Richie to be confused, On to be honest. I don't know why. Um, they look kind of similar to me. I like feel I feel like I didn't know a lot about her. Who, Brittany Murphy? Yeah, grow, growing up at the time, I I knew she was in Clueless, but I didn't really think of her 
as an a-lister at the time because i didn't know a lot about i yeah. didn't her name wasn't in a lot of things like her most recent movies that were popular were little black book and uptown girls is uptown girls the one with kate dakota fanning yeah but like was that the one where the girl the girl was like needed a babysitter yeah with kate what's her face the one no. that's in how to lose a guy in 10 days hudson was Kate Hudson in that? So Jen mentioned she wasn't an A-lister. Guys, I'm going to be completely honest. This is the only time I even look at celebrity news. I could give a shit about anything. Kaylee Jenner or whoever. Okay. Kaylee. Or whatever her name is. But if you want a more inside understanding about how she was an A-lister, but then Hollywood kind of pushed her to the side. And a lot of people think Hollywood is the actual culprit that killed her because they started casting her in these ridiculous roles that didn't fit her character. And and she started losing a lot of weight and people thought she was on drugs and all this stuff. So it's kind of like a Britney Spears story. And it's kind of ironic that she was living in Britney Spears' old house, Mm. but, and, and her name's Britney, if you want to get a more in-depth look at how all that stuff works with Hollywood, the the book that we're kind of reading from tonight is A Case for Murder, Brittany Murphy Files. This is by Bryn Kurt James Hammond. It's an awful book. I hate it. I absolutely despise this book. And I'm not saying it's a bad book. I'm saying that this guy is a Hollywood insider. So it's all these celebrities that I've never even heard of and he talks about how he goes to all these dinners with all these celebrities and this gossip. And I try to look at this guy's website to see who he is. And I, I can't find out who this guy is. I know he owns some magazine, some gossip magazine, but I don't know. He just seems like a nobody to me. About 10 chapters in, I just started skimming for more of the juicy murder stuff. But what I'm saying is if you want to get the inside information on the Hollywood life of Britney, this would be a good book to check out. And is the only book about this case. So, you know, you, you kind of you kind of pushed against the wall if you want to know anything about this case. Can I add something really quick before we dive in? Yeah. I feel as if Hollywood, it has this glamour and glitz about it. People, you know, aspiring actors, they, that's their goal, to so go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about other cases, other actresses and actors who were this bright shining star and then also became quote unquote a train wreck or, or started having problems. And you think about all the pressure that Hollywood is, Mm -hmm. for example, Britney Spears, when she had her mental health emergency breakdown in that great year of 2007. Anyway. So I just feel as if Hollywood is not all that it's cracked up to be. Oh yeah. Total crock of shit. And I'm actually watching a show right now called Hollywood. You know know what? That sounds like someone that can't ever make it in Hollywood, what they would say. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, (laughs) clearly, if I could make it in Hollywood, I probably would be there by now. So (laughs) the decedent complained of abdominal pain on 12 2009. She went into the bathroom at approximately 730 hours and was found lying on the bathroom floor approximately 30 minutes later. Her family attempted to revive her by putting her in the shower and running the water. She also vomited prior to the arrival of paramedics. The autopsy then goes on and talks about 
her low blood glucose, which I didn't know this, but she was diabetic. Mm, Did you guys know that? that? Yeah. And that's a very low blood glucose level. For people without diabetics, this is from WebMD, blood sugar levels before meals hover around 70 to 80, 70 to 80 mg. But for some people, 60 is normal and others, 90 is normal. Either way, 49 is extremely low. So one of my questions is, if they took that at the scene, why did they not give her some insulin, you know? Well, they said she had no vital signs, right? No, she did when they first got there. There was about two-minute period that was unaccounted for where they said that she was unconscious but still still had vital signs. And then she goes astostolic, which is cardiac arrest, rhythm with no discernible electrical activity on the EKG monitor. Hmm. Okay, so basically flatline. Eh, then they rush her to the Mount Sinai Hospital where she's pronounced dead at 10.05. But she was, as I said, dead on arrival. That was just the time they marked it. The autopsy also goes into her medical history. It talks about how she suffered from heavy menstrual bleeding. Hmm. And in fact, during the autopsy, they found out she was, I mean, it was her time a month. So there's the cramps. And the disease is menorgia. That means heavy, heavy bleeding, mm. menstrual bleeding. And apparently it was painful, heavy cramps. Also, do you notice what pills in here that ah, was also ah, in the last one? She was also taking Topamax on and a variety of other substances. Interesting. I asked our friend, uh, Dr. Will the Pill, if he can give me some insight on Topamax, because if you guys listened to the last story with Kanika Jenkins, she was also on Topamax, or at least they found some in her system. So this Mm -hmm. is what Will says about Topamax. (laughs) What's up, tacos? (laughs) I love Will. Hi, it's Dr. Will the Pill here. And uh, John wanted me to talk about a drug here called Topiramate, um, brand name Topamax, also goes by Trokindi XR and Cudexi XR. XR just means extended release. Um, it's classified as an anti-epileptic drug, and it's also used for migraine, migraine headache relief treatment. It can also be used off-label for alcohol abuse treatment. Off-label would just mean that when the drug was studied initially, it wasn't one of the approved uses that they studied, but they found out later that it can be used for that kind of through trial and error in the field. So the interesting part there is that Um, I actually found topiramate was um, one of the drugs that prison inmates may try to abuse. Not that people outside of prison wouldn't, but people inside of prison would be the most desperate and really the most creative drug seekers. So the the weird part would be that it's counterintuitive because the way that we think that the alcohol abuse deterrent you know, action of topiramate would be through decreasing the pleasure received from drinking alcohol through the neurotransmitter dopamine. So it's it's interesting. I mean, I guess that the people in prison aren't drinking alcohol when they're taking it, but that is interesting to me. Furthermore, if you mix alcohol with topiramate, it, it only really seems to increase the side effects. I don't think it, re- it would increase the pleasure. In fact, it should from what we understand, decrease the pleasure. Hmm. But the side effects kind of of it would be um, like really sleepiness, confusion, difficulty with memory, difficulty speaking, which are the side effects of alcohol overdose too. 
um, you know, don't drive, don't operate any heavy machinery, don't drive or anything like that, especially um, when you do both of them together. So I, I don't know the story here, but um, John did say that it might involve alcohol. And another weird thing he said that it may, may involve like cold or hypothermia. And I said, what the heck? But I looked it up and initially I couldn't find anything about topiramate and hypothermia. But uh, upon doing a little further digging here, I found out that if it is topiramate is mixed with a valproic acid drug, which would be like Depakine or Depakote. Depakote is like Divilaprox. You might have heard that, maybe not. Those are also used to treat seizures. But if you take those together, they have found that it will lower someone's body temperature huh. to like 35 degrees Celsius, which is like less than 95 degrees Fahrenheit or, or lower. Um, that, and that is drug-induced hypothermia. Wow. Because obviously 98.6 is your, you know, average body temperature. Um, but just for reference here, if you get below, if you get like in the low 90s, you can actually start having amnesia. And you get into the 80s, you can start getting, you know, people go unconscious. And in the 70s, you know, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, people um, can die. So that's interesting. So I'll be interested to hear what the... Uh, what John and the, and the Jen and Nicole here do with this drug information about to appear, mate. But I appreciate you guys letting me lay a little drug knowledge on you here. And uh, if you get a little time, check out the Quackery Podcast, also on the Talco Cast Network. And uh, until next time, keep calm and quack on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Will. Thanks, Will. That explains a lot about the last one. Yeah, that's did. what I was. That's what I was thinking, especially the confusion and the yes. you know, inability to walk around and stuff like that. Mm. That's that's the first thing that came to mind when when he was um, yes. talking about those side effects. So, listeners, if this is your first episode, what he's talking about with the hypothermia and also the confusion, go back and listen to the Kanika Jenkins episode. Her mysterious death. She was also taking topiramate. So that explains that story almost perfectly. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. At the time, everyone thought that she was anorexic or bulimic or something. But the autopsy states that she appears well-developed, normally muscular and slim, but not excessively thin. In fact, she gave an interview to the press when they kept badgering her about her weight loss. She says, it's just my face. You know, when you grow up and you get older, your face slims down and you see from the autopsy yeah. that she actually wasn't excessively thin. I don't know if this is thin or not, but she was 115 pounds. That's pretty thin. This is a quote from Brittany Murphy about her eating disorder. This is from E! Online, December 20th, 2019. There have been so many rumors in the past couple of years, Murphy said to Cosmopolitan in 2004. I'd rather not perpetuate something that isn't true. But no, I've never had an eating disorder, and I don't do drugs. I have a glass of champagne now and then. I'm generally the person dancing at a party who everyone always thinks is the intoxicated one, but I'm really not. So all I have to do is age and my face will get slimmer, because that <laughs> hasn't worked for me <laughs> since. Now, the autopsy is very detailed. It talks, about, it talks about her history of a heart condition, too. In fact... She had mitral valve prolapse, which basically is this intake valve in your heart chamber. And I'm not a medical professional. And you're looking at a picture right here. This is the mitral valve. And this in her heart sometimes wouldn't open and close properly. 
So at the scene, she was going into cardiac arrest. Okay. She basically had a heart attack on top of pneumonia. That is kind of the official opinion. Um, she was. Doesn't, so that, I mean, it doesn't sound like she was a very healthy person, unfortunately. No, she was extremely healthy. She was. She would. I mean, well, all she those has Hollywood diabetes. types. Are, she had. Well, not type two diabetes. Type no, one diabetes. But I mean, you can't help that. But I mean, it's still not like she is not a. She's a person that has diseases. She yeah, has a yeah. heart issue. She has diabetes. She, you know what I mean? Like she, she has anemia. She has menstrual issues like yeah but not to not, any fault of her own that's no, what yeah i'm not saying that it's anything that she did or like she was addicted to drugs and it therefore it led to all these problems i'm just saying like some people are just unhealthy and i don't mean that from her actions she just has a lot of unfortunately health issues predisposed conditions yeah the family of Brittany Murphy has told investigators the actress had been suffering from flu-like symptoms in the days before her death. Okay, what you're listening to now is from the Associated Press. I guess I uh, couldn't find it from a TMC reporter, so. Murphy died Sunday after collapsing in the bathroom of her Hollywood Hills home. Authorities now say it appears the 32-year-old actress died of natural causes. Officials say an autopsy is complete, but they're waiting for the results of toxicology and tissue testing before determining an official cause of death. Investigators also interviewed Murphy's personal physician and examined prescription drugs taken from her home. Uh, we, we come out, we look at everything, any prescription meds that we do take. Uh, we will have to analyze everything and, and go from there. Paramedics tried to revive Murphy but she was pronounced dead on arrival at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Um, as they brought her down the hill to the fire truck, they were trying to administer CPR and resuscitate her. And then they got her to the fire truck, and um, they were trying to revive her. The hospital said the actress died of cardiac arrest. The autopsy found no apparent signs of trauma to the body, and police did not suspect foul play. Now, let's get into some conspiracy-ish stuff. One of the reasons that Brittany Murphy's sudden death was suspicious to all the reporters is because the husband, Simon Monjack, which papers will later refer to him as Simon Conjack, he told the medical examiner not to do an autopsy hmm. on his wife. That's weird. The day, I'll give him that. Yeah, it's really weird. And the uh, the coroner actually has the last say. So he's like, no, we're doing this autopsy. You really don't have any say in it. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's strange. That's strange. Like, why would you not want the autopsy performed unless you have something to hide? Unless it was a religious belief. True. But there's a ticket. We're back with uh, Simon Monjack and Sharon Murphy. Uh, you didn't want an autopsy at first? No, I didn't. Are you a, a religious Orthodox Jew? I was. I was Orthodox Shabbos. Jews don't want autopsies, right? It wasn't that. I mean, I, I could blame the religion for the easiest thing to do. There was this woman who just lost a daughter who, who, to us, it was such a shock. This pristine body that was curvy in all the right places and in the skin like silk. And I, how could I say in front of her mother, cut her up? I mean, it was just I mean, what kind of insanity is that? So what did they do? The they moment. cut her up anyway. But because? that's fine. Because that's the law. A 32-year-old dies, 
without any illness. You, you, and we want to know. We've spent many. So you're conflicted. You don't. Yeah, it, it kind of seems kind of weird to me. A little shady. Little yeah, shady. Yeah, a little shady. And that's why. That's one of the reasons why he got his name Conjack. Anyway, this is another thing that I want to throw out there. This is the mother and Brittany's husband. Uh, they look a little close. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And in fact... Wait, are they in a relationship now? I never well, said that. I never said that. He's deceased now. Oh. How did you know that? I didn't say I didn't know anything about this story. Okay, yeah, Jen is right. So five months later, and I was going to get to this, Simon Kojak, the husband, died in the same room, the bathroom, with the same condition. Pneumonia, the same everything, mm-hmm. exact same. Mm-hmm. All right, so so after Brittany Murphy's death, her mother, Sharon, they did like a photo shoot together for some reason. Brittany, come on, girl. You could have done way better. Like, he looks like he could be her dad. Well, he is eight years older than her. He looks a lot older than eight years older. Like, look at this. This is, is that not weird? Yeah, that's weird. So go to talkmore.com and tell me what you guys think. Do you think this is some kind of sexual thing going on? Because everyone else does. I mean, they, they're they a little close there. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to I mean, look to at be. this picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't be if he didn't look so much old, like a like creep older. Like he does not look young enough to be Britney's spouse. And age isn't everything, you no. know. But like, but you could e- almost easily see them as a match more than him and Britney. So Jen already mentioned that he died too. Five months later, same thing. I'll put the nine one one call and his autopsy. On talkmer.com. I looked over it. The weird thing about his is his official cause of death is natural causes. Hmm. And hers is accidental. I don't know. It seemed like the exact same freaking autopsy report to me. Another thing is, and and we're going to get into this guy because he is slimy, dude. He is freaking slimy. How does one fully vet their spouse? Look, how does... To make sure they're not slimy. You just got to risk it at some point, Jen. But look at her face at the, in this picture. Like, look yeah. at her, her weird, like, this smile. Is, this is after her daughter died. I know. They took all these pictures. No one officially knows if they had a sexual relationship. But when he did die, the, uh, the medical examiner, same thing. They go in the house to look at the pills. And, and when they got to Sharon's room... On the left side of her nightstand were her pills. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, they're like, whose pills are these? Oh, the, these are Simon's. That's his side. Wait, That's his side of the bed. Sh- they were sharing was... a bed? They were sharing a bed. That doesn't mean it's sexual, but I did see, uh, uh, wait, I did see an just interview. The, just the fact that they were living together. Was she living in that house before with Yeah, Brittany? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was Brittany, her mom, Sharon, and this guy, Simon Konjak. Monjack. So, 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 and after Brittany died, the mother grieving. Well, we just know that they were sharing. Started sleeping start, in the bed. 
But they that or they mean shared they a bathroom. Coitus. They shared a no, bathroom. No, no, no they no, were sharing the bed. a bed. No, okay, so I they were sharing the same bed. You're right. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't mean that they had a sexual relationship. But y'all already know how I feel about ghosts and bad juju. And although I understand she was a grieving mother and probably wanted to feel close to her daughter, but if you're okay no, number yeah, one yeah, yeah number I'm one d- i'm just trying to picture it just replace the situation with john and my mom nope it's weird no yeah okay number <laughs> one number one don't sleep in a dead person's bed Ugh. you just don't so weird number two well it's not their bed anymore it's it was still his bed simon and sharon <laughs> it was still bed his now. bed you don't sleep uh-huh. in a dead person's bed number two i i'm sure that she had someone else that could, could comfort her in that bed like, also, I would not want I would not want my son-in-law to like be like there there it's okay mom like here let me rub your back and let me help you grieve and like no like you can go sleep on the couch Simon like also, I, let me it's let a me be 16 close million dollar mansion I'm sure there's plenty of beds Oh yeah Oh yeah and I'm sure that they were not short the whatever 300 399 it costs to get a whatever kind of mattress that comes in a box nowadays you know what I mean like it, mattresses are not that expensive get Get a no, but also they can afford a nice mattress. That's what I'm saying. All right, all right, Nicole, read this. This is from um, the most credible source out there and the source that actually broke the death of her anyway. But I do want to throw one thing out there Perez Hilton, about three months before she died, called her death. And I I learned who Perez Hilton is like a good, like a death pool. I've learned a lot of things. Did you know Perez Hilton was in that SM video with Rihanna? No, he was. Go ahead and read this. This is from TMZ. Brittany Murphy's mom shared bed with Monjack. Brittany Murphy's mother told investigators that she shared a bed with her daughter's husband, Simon Monjack, after Brittany passed away. This according to sources close to the investigation. The L.A. coroner's office just released their report on Simon Monjack's death. In the report, the investigator documents an exchange with a person whose name has been withheld, but with whom law enforcement sources have identified as Brittany's mother, Sharon Murphy. According to the report, the investigator and the unnamed person, Sharon, were going through the master bedroom in the Hollywood Hills home that Simon shared with Brittany when Sharon pointed to one side of Simon's bed and identified it as her side of the bed. As I go through the drawer, Sharon tells me that this is her side of the bed. Her side of the bed. Simon Mark Monjack born March 9th, 1970. So he's almost eight years Britney senior. Okay. He grew up in Middlesex in a Jewish uh, community. Apparently Mon Jack noticed Britney way before she ever noticed him. You want to read this? wonder why. Because he's a fucking creep. That's why. No one knows this, but I took Britney's first photograph for a magazine it was Jane Magazine. Brittany was this big, Monjack, indicating that Murphy was on the short side, told a New York Post reporter at the Sundance Film Festival in 2008. She was that's a not, teenager. That's not creepy. That's really fucking creepy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. This is Hollywood. Get over it. A comment that a comment that resurfaced after she died via the Los Angeles Times Ministry of Gossip blog, where the reporter was working in 2009. Monjack, who was almost eight years older than the actress said that Murphy was too young to touch when he first met her. But to make a long story short, I was very patient. Excuse me while I gag. Excuse me wow. while I go gag. Holy shit. Ugh, gross. <laughs> ugh, I literally feel sick. That's, ugh. 
That is fucking creepy. That's gross. According to his IMDb page, he was a writer slash director slash photographer. They actually married on April 2007 at her own home. But a lot of reports, even to this day, say they weren't even married at all. Apparently, Konjak was in six-figure debt and had a number of failed businesses. He was really trying to make it in Hollywood. Now, after Britney died, he came out and said, no, Britney wasn't making any money. I was the breadwinner, even though that's completely false. Uh, He had no income whatsoever. In fact, he was in several lawsuits and was in six-figure debt. Now, Monjack started dating Britney right after he divorced his ex-wife. They started dating and quickly got married. Hmm. A lot of reports say that the reason they got married so quickly is because his visa was about to expire. And it may not even have been a full marriage. It may have been completely fake. All right. This is about his shady dealings. This is from the New York Post. In 2005, Virginia authorities issued warrants for Monjack's arrest on credit card fraud and theft allegations, but did not pursue charges. In 2006, he was sued in New York by mortgage firm Couts & Co. and was forced to fork over $470,000. Between 1997 and 2006, Monjack was evicted from four separate homes, the records show. A lot of people say that he would try to manipulate people. And this is from Alex Ben Block from The Hollywood Reporter. In 1999, when Simon was living in London, he had a relationship with a woman. Now, she is anonymous throughout this whole thing. You can't find her name anywhere. But apparently... She had filed a letter to the FBI calling Simon a con man, quote, usually cons good, honest, trustworthy people simply because they cannot comprehend that a person can be so deceptive to that extent. It's almost unbelievable. I believe he is sick and lies continuously, defrauding people, hurting people, including his own family. He himself has admitted this to me. And to bring his own family in, he actually got a big loan from his family, from the fam- from the family inheritance to produce some shitty movie that never made it anyway. And he never re- and he never repaid his own mother back. So it's kind of messed up. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, no one believes that Simon had anything to do with Brittany Murphy's murder or accidental <laughs> death. Because five months later, he died of the very same circumstances. Or I, I kind of think maybe he wasn't on her death, but then the mom killed him, like helped kill him. Like I kind of th- am thinking maybe the mom and son had a plot together to kill Brittany, and then the mom killed him so that she could get all the wealth. And we'll get to why that theory doesn't really hold water, okay. and it's very simple. The mom is basically killing the golden goose. But she gets the inheritance, doesn't she? Brittany actually wasn't making a ton of money. Well, they're in an $18 million house. Now, they they probably have investments and stuff like that. But I'm going to get more into Brittany's mom here in a minute, so don't worry about it. But apparently they were really close, best friends. But, you know, she could have. She could have carried this out. In fact, that is one of the very plausible theories because Brittany's own father came out of the woodwork and 
he is the one that initially claimed that the mother probably poisoned them because they both died of pneumonia in the same freaking bathroom and she didn't. And she's the oldest out of all of them. Now, I know I'm harping a lot on this guy, Konjak, but one of the theories is all of his shady dealings and his past got them both killed. You can see that, right? He owes a lot of people money. Yeah, he's clearly an asshole, whether he had anything to do with the murder yet to be seen. But he's definitely a character who could have done it. And you're about to see in a minute, he actually owed this guy in Cyprus like $600,000. He's had some very shady dealings from real estate investments that he walked away from, from conning people or fake movies. You know, he maybe he was going to produce a movie, but then he just ends up taking the check and runs. He had a lot of shady dealings. Anyway, this is from a New York attorney, if you want to read this. Richard Golub, a New York attorney and best-selling author who got involved with Simon writing a script for what became Factory Girl, says he wasn't very good as a screenwriter, but could spin self-aggrandizing stories. Finally fed up, Golub investigated Simon and confronted him. I said... I really don't want to be in the business with someone who is flim-flamming people, Golub told me. You've left a trail of people behind that are going to sue you because you took their trust funds or inheritance or conned them into investing in projects you never delivered. Later that night, Simon called Golub. He said, look, you really have my number, Golub said. I've led this really fucked up life and I really have conned and cheated a lot of people. But I'm turning over a new leaf. That's like exactly what a con man would say, too. I yeah. recognize that I may have screwed people over, but I'm different now. Yep, yep. The reason all this is important is because one of the main theories is someone off these two guys. And someone in the industry who has a lot of wealth. I mean, if you think of a big film producer that he may have screwed over or something or has dirt on or something, you don't think that that film producer with all his wealth could pay off that medical examiner? I mean, you saw the medical examiner video. That guy looked sleazy, too. Yep. I could probably pay him 500 bucks to say something. Yep. He looked freaking cheesy sleazy. Oh, yeah. He was thrilled to be on camera. Not only did he screw over all these people, Simon actually left his fiance for Brittany. And Brittany didn't even know anything about this mm-hmm. until he was already, you know, shacked up living in her home. He leaves his fiance with an L.A. apartment that was unpaid for, so they had unpaid rent. He basically walks out of the contract and numerous bad checks, all left to her. That's what, what kind of gem. guy this is. So What a gem. So does someone have a motive to kill this asshole? Fuck yeah, he does. But how do you, well, how do you fake pneumonia? And I didn't get into this too much, but Brittany and Simon... Even though he was most likely just using her, she was a part of him. She really, truly loved this guy. Everyone has said that. And everyone had, and all these actors had went up to her and tried to explain this guy's background and how shady this guy is and everything else. And she just wouldn't have it. What a douche canoe. Apparently before. my favorite words. Before Uh. he started, before he started dating Brittany, he was dating Senator John Kerry's daughter. Alexandria. Oh, wow. He is a... Too bad for her as well. Yeah, he is a complete creep. As soon as Brittany dies, Konjak 
tried to get a book deal for Britney's life and wanted to profit off her death. One way he did that was he created a fundraiser and it was the Britney Murphy Foundation. And it was a quote nonprofit, even though it came out that it was a private entity. And he was charging between $1,000 and $10,000 per seat. And later, what? what was the charity supporting? It was basically putting money in his own pocket. Yeah, but like, what was the event even? It was, he's a scam artist. So basically, it came out that this isn't even a nonprofit organization, and he quickly shut it down and supposedly refunded everyone's money. That's really shady. His official excuse was, well, it takes a while to get the nonprofit status, so we just did a private corporation for now. Doesn't it take longer to become (laughs) a private corporation? I mean, it's fucking shady, dude. He's a shade queen. I mean, to just say, (laughs) oh, I'm throwing a benefit for Brittany Murphy. Well, like, what's the cause? Just to say you're celebrating Brittany Murphy, who was a celebrity. It's not like she needed money to pay for funeral costs. Yeah, I mean, if anything, why don't you just throw a spaghetti dinner? That's what a lot of people do for fundraisers. This is Hollywood. But also, it's not like it's the Britney Murphy Foundation for Battered Women. Like, it's just the Britney Murphy Foundation. For Buy a table for $10,000 and pocket my money. Pocket the, the my Britney Murphy wallet. Foundation for deaths of mysterious causes that we won't allow autopsies for. Yeah. So theory number one, for me at least, would be Simon Shady passed and... It could be anyone, but here in a second, I'm going to show you a prime example of who it could have been. Yeah. All right. So this is from Gawker.com. How the Daily News fueled rumors that Brittany Murphy was killed by an eccentric millionaire. This is a crazy article. This goes into speculation about this millionaire named Otero Glubenfeld. Hmm. And that sounds like a in, real name. In 2007, this guy... Which, you have to see these pictures. He reminds me a lot of Putin. Look at this guy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, look, look at this guy. It's like if Putin and Dr. Phil had a baby. <laughs> look at him. So it's like these... Oh my gosh. It's literally... <laughs> How is this guy? It's literally, it's literally Vladimir Putin and Dr. Phil combined yeah, into one. He's got his shirt off. <laughs> oh my goodness. This what? is the craziest shit. So this guy's apparently a, a millionaire. And in 2007... And he blogs every day? In 2007, he With posted pictures? this thing on multiple boards across the internet that said this, if you want to read this. So he posted this on Monjack's IMDB page, which has since been deleted. I have backed several of this charlatan's projects in Cyprus. Now my Cypriot contacts tell me that he has run off with a cool six million of their investment and 16 million of mine. Please contact me if you have any knowledge of the whereabouts of this vile fellow, Arturo Gold Globenfeld. Globenfeld. So, so this was the first one. Maybe this guy killed him. Anyway, uh, let me see. So this is all about this guy, and this is about this guy. Yeah, and see. and did he in fact owe this guy a lot of money? Well, read this. Is someone trying to harm Brittany Murphy? A source who used to work for the Perky Star says that she talks darkly of a high-powered Hollywood player who is allegedly stalking her. 
And when her boyfriend, now husband, Simon Monjack, disappeared for 10 days in April, Murphy claimed that he had been kidnapped by agents of this mysterious figure, says the source. When he came back, he had head injuries, says the former insider. He was pale and sometimes had trouble standing. Not only that, but the former staffer also claims that Murphy said she was unable to pay him because the money had been used for ransom. Monjack, a screenwriter, is no short of enemies. Several anonymous sources have posted unflattering stories on the internet about his past relationships. On June 13th, a man identifying himself as Arturo Globenfeld posted a message on Monjack's IMDb page claiming he owed him $16 million in film investment money. Like, why would you post that on IMDb? And where do I get a last name like Globenfeld? Now let's go into the big conspiracy theory. And this is wild. This one is so wild. There is this woman. Her name is Julia Davis that claims Brittany Murphy's death was not accidental. And Simon's. They were murdered by the federal government. Ah. They were murdered by Homeland Security. Seems odd. To yeah, target. it's freaking crazy. Try yeah. to stay with me on this one because... This literally confuses me, but I think I got this down pretty good. She was working in California at the San Ysidro Port of Entry in the United States, and she came upon some information that there were 23 immigrants trying to come into America, and these were not the best people. Remember, this is right after Mm 9-11. So these were people from Iran, people from Pakistan. You know, these were... These were, Al- these were Al-Qaeda members, and she got the information that they were going to come in on July 4th of 2004. She noticed that on that date, they were completely understaffed, and somebody had removed all the metal detectors, hmm. and all other safety security protocols were downplayed. She also noticed a lot of the passports had discrepancies in them. And a lot of people were just really shady. So she actually reports this. She reports this to the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force, the JTTF. Now, they're different from Homeland Security. This makes Homeland Security look like they just... Shit the bed. Shit the bed and let all these terrorists in. Or are about to, right? Are about to. Are there some other plot? Yeah. And this goes way up to Bush. Okay, this her story goes way up to old Bushy Bush, mm-hmm. our old president. Okay, that's how far this goes up. But they basically harbored these terrorists in America on purpose. And so she whistleblows to the FBI. I have a question, though. Sorry. Yeah. Terrorists or terrorists? Like, did we know they were terrorists or is she saying they're terrorists? She's saying they're terrorists. Okay. They're from Iraq and Iran. They're terrorists automatically. I can say that because I've been over there. <laughs> and I know. They were, they were Taliban members. They, no, they're Al-Qaeda members. Okay. It's different. Yeah. Okay. So they were coming in and she blows it to the FBI. And that put her, that put her and her husband, BJ Davis, which is the best name ever, on some sort of watch list obviously she gets fired and uh, i made this report to the fbi's joint terrorism task force 
and Homeland Security does not like to be exposed and being ineffective and not doing their job when uh, American people are being led to believe that uh, we are being um, protected from terrorism and that borders are safe. And um, very much the opposite is true. So in response to me embarrassing Homeland Security, I have um, endured, along with my family and witnesses, the wrath of um, American government, where they declared me a domestic terrorist, which was absolutely false designation, raided our home with a Black Hawk helicopter and a 27-man special response team, and it actually um, expanded more uh, manpower and more resources than they did uh, for the raid of the um, compound where bin Laden was said to be hiding. <laughs> okay, what does this got to do with Brittany Murphy? <laughs> uh, that was a great question. <laughs> How is Brittany Murphy involved in a terrorist harboring scheme? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> is it Golden Flat? No, it's not Golden, F- Golden Fletcher. We were told that members of Al-Qaeda were plotting to come into the U.S. using land borders with Mexico. And one of the dates when uh, suspected activity was to take place was 4th of July. So that was designated as a a special um, date to watch. Now, before I link this to Brittany Murphy, let me tell you about her husband. Because her husband works in Hollywood. Ah. So now I'm I'm kind of... Small world. Yeah, small world. So this is her husband right here. This is his website right here. This is all the things he's done. He's he's a stuntman, basically. He oh. played Spider-Man. He's a stuntman for Spider-Man. He played a lot of Star Trek characters, apparently, and other shit. So he's a stuntman. So that's who's married to Julie Davis, the customs agent. Now, Got what it. does this have to do with Brittany Murphy? Well, apparently... They all come to know each other because Brittany Murphy worked on the same set as B.J. Davis. And that's how they came to know each other. Plus, Julie Davis claims that her daughter actually is best friends with Brittany Murphy. Now, none of this can be corroborated other than these two jackholes saying that is the truth. Brittany had been called as a witness in the Julia Davis case, a former federal officer who had reported a national security breach and targeted with massive acts of retaliation that included warrantless surveillance by the Department of Homeland Security, NSA, IRS attacks, two selective and malicious prosecutions. Julia Davis and her husband, film producer, director B.J. Davis, were exonerated of any wrongdoing with the false charges dismissed. The Hollywood couple sued the Department of Homeland Security. Herbert P. Coffer and Jeffrey J. Deal naming Brittany as a witness to the excessive and gross government misconduct. The agency could not afford Brittany Murphy to testify in a very public and revealing trial by jury. Brittany reached out to her father and the Davises as she became the target of the government. Her husband, Simon, was attacked in the same manner as the Davises. The Department of Justice had targeted Brittany and Simon to be prosecuted for visa marriage fraud, as FOIA papers revealed. Those terrorists apparently came in the United States and she couldn't do anything about it. So she files a former complaint to the FBI And after that, from what she claims, she and her husband, B.J. Davis, have been constantly hounded by the Homeland Security. Now, I'm not saying this is true, but this is a rabbit hole. I don't think the government killed Brittany Murphy. No, I don't either. But it is a conspiracy. It is sort of weird that they both died 
you know, are the same causes. I think the husband, I think, I think it's the mother yeah. was in on it. And then, and then I ultimately think the mother was behind it. Yeah. Another thing about the mother being the prime murderer, she got a lot of backlash from the media because she didn't act quick enough. There's a lot of articles online that say if she would have just brought her daughter to the hospital, you know, right then and there, the night before when she started having all these problems, she wouldn't be dead. And hmm. this is a quote from her. This is a mother Sharon talking about why she didn't act sooner. Sharon and Simon were sympathetic, but Brittany frequently complained about ailments, so they didn't take it seriously. She was always so dramatic, Sharon said. I've replayed that so many times. She asked if she could use the oxygen, but Simon said her heart could stop with oxygen. Sharon then made her daughter hot tea with ginger and lemon. Her lips were parched. She was dehydrated, Sharon said. So I made her drink that. Okay, so let's end it there because this has gone on way too long and I really don't want to make this a two-parter. But before we go, a few things that I didn't talk about during the story. Number one, there is a heavy metals report from Britney's hair. Apparently the father had clipped off some of Britney's hair, took it to an independent lab, and they detected heavy metals, which goes along with this government theory. But that also can be rebuttaled because... Hair dye has the exact same heavy metals in it, so you'll see that. But I'll put that toxicology report on TalkMore.com. And also a route that the mother went down is that her daughter was killed by mold toxins in the home. Now, they found no mold toxins in the home whatsoever, but for some weird reason, the builders who built the home settled, and it was like a $600,000 settlement check. So if there was no mold toxins in there, like, why did they give her all this money? I don't know. This story can go a thousand different ways, and I literally could make 10 parts on this. But honestly, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'll do a write-up on TalkMurder.com for you guys, and I want to know what you guys think. Seriously. I believe that the mother and her husband were sleeping together way before this, and Perhaps the mother has something to do with it. It's really weird that Simon did not want an autopsy. And the mother, her 911 call, just, it seemed fake to me. I definitely don't think she died of pneumonia. I believe it was something else. It's just too suspicious. And then Simon dies five months later of the same causes. I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. Go hit up our Facebook page or whatever. And... I'm a sign us off. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our Hollywood star, go to talkmurder.com slash join. Become a Talko Supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it and I'll dedicate it to you here on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, wah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>